Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos, and today's episode is presented by who else? BetOnline.ag and Look Basketball. It is full steam ahead towards the playoffs for pro and college hoops, and BetOnline has the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to get you where you need for your best sport, sports betting needs. Head over to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games bet online it's the number one online wagering destination the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games is bet online where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming to the pod i got an exciting panel here today so let's bring him in right away uh this gentleman right here he's the co-creator of right now with john gobblecon he talks to the stars for cinemark and he is my teddy guy it's davis Spoli. what's up dave hey man thanks for having me back joe i like that intro i think those those are the two things that are going to be on my grave. I went heavy on Blue Demons today for my panel. Uh, <laughs> so let's bring our other guest in. I'm so excited to have him on here right now. Uh, you might know him from, yes, of course, DePaul University graduate, uh, USA's Sirens. He's the author of Comaville. And also, he is one of the lead stars of one of the hit Amazon Prime shows that is coming back for season two, March 11th. On, it's called Upload, and he is Kevin Bigley. What's up, Kevin? Hey, put that on my gravestone as well as we're doing this. Uh, what I really and want to put in your blue demon underneath underneath the tombstone, it will say, "Let's go, blue demon." Demons, he <laughs> loved his demons, and he had a lot of them. Yeah, Joey, really what's going? Was. What's Joey? What's going on your grave? Yeah. What's going on my grave? Uh, I don't even know if Columbia College had a rec team, let alone anything else. So I think it's probably going to go. I was going to say, also on there, uh, Kevin, you're in the pilot episode of Chicago Code, one of yeah. the long, the long lost gems oh of uh, of the Chicago World Series. Uh, we have a good friend Matt Laurie on there that had Delroy Lindo, that had my boy Jay Clark before Jay yeah. Clark became Jason Clark. Uh, yeah. Do you remember that experience and? Yeah, it was one of the worst experiences for me because I, I like, uh, I kept, I, I can swear here, right? This, yes. Yeah. Rip the Chicago up. pod. Yeah. 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 <laughs> fucking up this line. Um, uh, I had one line and, um, I couldn't say it. And it's still a line that like haunts me because it was too, it was too Jay Clark, too, too, to uh, J- Jason Clark, right? That's it. Yeah, and I call, he's, he's an intimidating uh, in my house, he's dude. Jay Clark. He is oh, right. Sure. Like he, he's like, is he Australian? I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, like a ma- he's a man's like, man. I yeah. think this is first exposure to the states too. So he was probably. Yeah, and it was one of those things too, where it was like he was doing at least for a while. I don't know. I didn't keep up with the show, but you had like a uh, like you know like when when actors try to do the Chicago accent and they think it's like New York or Boston or something where he was like, yeah, and I was like, Oh wow. He's doing something. He's making a choice, not an accurate one, but uh, I was, I was supposed to say, I still remember the line because it was, yeah, it was 2010. Um, and I still remember it. It was uh, detective Wasaki superintendent Colvin's looking for you. And uh, there was this big wonder that they were doing like a big chase scene and, it was all leading up to this thing. He slams this, slams this perp on the hood of his car and cuffs him. And then Chicago. I stayed in line all in a wonder. And I fucked it up over and over and over. Where it 
was like, you know, they could like Clark just stopped even letting me finish it. Like it was just like, and get, let the kid go home, you know, Sl slippy pretendant. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, that show got canceled. That show got canceled hard. Uh, yeah. High hopes, and then obviously a couple years later, that long stretch of iteration of Chicago shows started coming out. Yeah, they were and just then, a hair early because it was Sean Ryan, I think, too. It's like yeah, it no, they got, yeah. then they got the hooks in, and I think they got sort of the the pace of it together. Um, let's talk about upload real quick, and then we're gonna get to a couple of fun things here with our time. Uh, season two, man, coming out March eleventh. Um, uh, for my part, man, a show that this is fun for me because I sincerely, I sincerely loved it. Uh, this was one of those shows during the pandemic where we're kind of flipping around a little bit. That comes out. Me and my wife, we watch an episode. And afterwards, we do that thing where we look at each other and we go, okay, okay. And then, you know what I mean? Next thing you know, you're ripping through the entire season. Uh, for those that maybe haven't seen it, I'm going to try and sum it up as best as I possibly can. Oh, uh, this show, yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say, uh, this show is about the digital afterlife. Good. Uh, you know, life does not end at death anymore now you can move on to a digital afterlife in a fictitious company called horizon um where it is not exactly real life and not exactly heaven so imagine like a beautiful app store where you can live uh you can live the life of your dreams but for a certain price and then all of a sudden let's layer uh amazing comedy great ensemble love story crime story and the main character nathan yeah. yeah trying to figure out why exactly is he there uh, Kevin, you play Lieutenant Luke Crossley. Um, so just can you, if you if you can a little bit, just talk about, you know, when you first got the show and when you wanted to introduce yourself to the character, where do you think that character sort of fit in in a story that is so layered? And obviously from a guy, Greg Daniels, who did The Office, you know, when you first got this role, where did you feel like the character could fit in? What was your space to play? Yeah, I, I mean, I just kind of was going to go in and, and I mean, I, when I got when I got the audition, I got called back that day. I had worked with Greg on a pilot back in 2012 that didn't go that was for NBC it was like my first real big thing and it was like uh it was it was one of those that you're like oh this is gonna go and the makeup department's talking about it and they're like oh yeah this is they're already picking it up I heard you know like you should buy your house and then this immediately doesn't and you're like god damn it uh it was like with Tony Shalhoub and Allison Janney they were redoing Friday Night Dinner which was a the UK show so uh I knew Greg so uh loosely <clears throat> and um he uh he cast me in this but like as i was going in i mean i was like just gonna be myself the guy was just kind of like a boisterous happy-go-lucky guy um and he told me it was just a recurring potential to recur um so when i auditioned it was kind of like uh after the audition he was like well you know this is kind of one of those where i don't know who's gonna be series regulars on this with the exception of the main two so or three so we're gonna kind of feel it out and we, you know, we're going to figure out who these people go on adventures with, you know, or whatever. Uh, and I was like, great, whatever. Like, please, I'd like to, to work and have money. And uh, so we did the, did the pilot, but we did the pilot in like, I had cast in this December of 2017. So it's been Whoa. like long go. Cause then we shot in January of 2018. I just had one scene and then I got written a couple others. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Well, he's keeping me around. And then that summer, I got like an email from him being like, hey, I think this might go. Are you around? And I was like, yeah, I'm around. <laughs> so I can certainly be. Well, it's very typical for him, too, to like kind of when he the way he puts together ensembles. If you look at The Office, more people kind of got, you know, like Phyllis yeah. and all that. They, those parts got grown. But then like, you know, Ed Helms gets brought in later. So I got a call that they were picking me up to regular. I guess they took 
it was, it was as simple as them starting to take um they took a few votes in the writer's room of like who they wanted to you know write more for it was like me and um and Zainab Johnson who plays Alicia so yeah so we got we got bigger parts so then first season came and and uh and yeah it, I just kind of was uh, there to be along the ride of like nav- him navigating that world yeah that's such an interesting point that you're making because with the office too yeah Greg Daniels what he he plants a couple flowers and then eventually it's a garden, right? Where all these different little characters start to happen over time. Um, I do appreciate, this is kind of an inside joke that I have with Dave sometimes where you're the perfect character though, where you, you mentioned at first you're kind of recurring, but you're also kind of the guy who goes like, hey, you're my best friend you yeah, know right, I mean? like yeah, in the yeah. script. And so all of a sudden people are like, you can't get rid of the damn, the damn best friend. But can you talk about like, um, as the, the, the role began to expand a little bit, what that was like for you, because I have a couple of different thoughts where, you know, I kept getting these like kind of weird parallels to this weird dystopic Garden of Eden kind of situation going on. And I was like, well, Luke would maybe be like the first guy to open up a Margaritaville in, in the Garden of Eden kind of thing. He's got a little mischief to him, um, but it is really sincere. So as the role began to kind of grow a little bit, I mean, you get a real chance to sort of play in all the different worlds of what is possible beyond just like the, the the straightforward love story that's trying to be told to as well. Yeah. He's kind of like a prisoner who's pretty pumped on his cell, you know, like he's, he's like, this is actually a pretty sweet situation. Food's guaranteed. You know, it's like the whole, he's looking for that stuff. We get so many questions. I feel like in junkets and stuff of like recently, it was really weird of like, what have you learned from your character? And everyone's like, well, my character, this or that. And I was like, I have nothing like my, my guy's an idiot, but like also at the same time, there is, I guess if I was to like, really try here to like loop around to some kind of wisdom is that he just appreciates where he is which i think is really funny because like once once you die in this world uh and you go to this other world and within this world of like uh of this afterlife no one has a purpose there they're just kind of meant to just be and you don't work you don't there's nothing happening so there's no reason to of have an intention or anything in a given day and i think that that really brings about an existential crisis for nathan for robbie's character um but in the meantime there's me who is faced with the same stuff and he's just loving it you know like yeah margaritaville you know tommy bahama energy uh just kind of <laughs> really digging it i i and this is not a, a comparison so much but I'd like it but i always loved um like Bill Murray and Ghostbusters because it was like the, the oh hell yeah works, yeah the thing that works with Bankman is that is that, like she's possessed and he's still kind of trying to have sex with her, maybe you know like to see are you in there no yeah like he's the whole time like you know he's kind of just focused on getting laid or something during this whole apocalypse so I think somebody who's the comedy coming from him from you know just like really not addressing any of the major themes of the show and if so like so much of the questions so many of the questions are around like the invasion of privacy and like he's just willfully ushering that into his life like just yeah take every i don't care you know like let's have a good time yeah he's having sex with someone from the war i mean yeah it's like it's he's never did that before this is cool the great depression yeah he's embracing it yeah yeah that's a really cool example uh dave dave hop in man yeah there's I think the the tone of the show is very interesting because now we've moved fully into like streaming world. And I feel like in the streaming world, it's so rare to get like a true comedy. Everything is like 
dramedy. It's got like a dark comedy flair. It's slower, but Greg Daniels still has that like true original single cam feel of The Office. The jokes hit really hard in this show. Was it weird to kind of find the tone of the show or did you find that right off the bat on the page? I mean, for me, I knew what I was doing, you know, and that's, that's, I think what was really cool about the show was that, um, you know, he, he was like, everybody has their job, you know, and it, it is one of those things that, you know, sometimes you're on something and you see, you know, uh, like the bass player wants to have a solo or something. You're like, no, yeah. we're not doing, this isn't that, we're not that band. Like, yeah. you know, we're, this isn't fish. Like we're, we're just, we're going to have things a lot separate here. And Greg, I think had a, um, we did a table read but you know for, for like in 2017 for the pilot when we did that um it was uh, it was we had a good time and th to the extent that greg was like let's read it again and network was going to come in network had not come in yet so we did we did it again and everyone was having so much fun that they were really hitting all the jokes but pushing where there maybe weren't some jokes they're finding some and um he like at the end greg is like you know those like a lot of the harvard writers and Mike Schur and, and Conan, they all have like rules. They're all known for like comedy rules. Yeah. And one of them for Greg, he like kind of like brought the room like to, you know, brought their attention and everyone, he was like, uh, we used to have this, this saying of like, a, a, that was a comedy rule around the idea of the McDonald's BLT when it came out that uh, it was like the, the advertisement of why it was a good sandwich. He said was that they 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 have the cold and the hot separate and then they put it together and that's what makes a good sandwich and he was like the comedy and drama and the love story like we should know what we are doing mm. and they should be separate and then they come together to a delicious sandwich of a show and so it, like for for me it was like okay that means just do my job and that's what's really cool about Robbie I feel like too because he's just like you know he's he's one of those guys where he's He's funny, but he's not going to try to be too, he's not insecure in that way to be like, I need to be really funny here, or I need to, you know, um, you know, push this or that. I need to do that job and that job. Um, he's really yeah, he's, he's the filet of fish, you, you know, know? <laughs> he's not trying to be a burger, yep. you know, we that know what we're harder. getting into. Where I'm, I'm the McRib. I'm something that they <laughs> yeah. didn't know that they wanted. And then they were like, hey, actually, this has some pull. This will come it's back. back. It's back. It's back. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you, you started it. You started as a limited time. And they're yeah. like, where the hell is this McRib? I think this got some legs to it. We got to bring this. Let's roll this out here and there. I think, too, we got knocked a little bit for a tone, which I thought was bullshit. Because I think, like, like uh, uh there was a lot going on in the show and some people I think will feel like that it's kind of, there's a, too much, but I do think that with so much out there right now, Greg had this theory of like it, that was so intentional because he wanted it to be kind of, um, he used like Bollywood as a reference, you know, that like, it's going to mm -hmm. have action. It's going to have comedy. It's going to have romance. So he wanted all of these components. And the weird thing for me is like the first season, what's really cool is it seems like almost like a hallway design, like where you're just like, you're in one tone and then I come in and then, you know, or me and Alicia and it's like this comedy, you turn the corner, you're in that space. And then you turn the corner once it's for this much more like the noir and the red herring of it all. But I think now in this new season, and I'm pumped because we're all like, I'm a bigger part of the noir aspect. I'm helping him out with that. 
So you kind of get more of like a wait, detective, of... detective Luke Crossley is, is that's yeah, going on exactly. now? Yeah, this is great. I, I, I love that I'm like now brought along for you know for for this. So um, uh, which gives me more to do and gives me uh, Luke another layer. He also like starts. He's not like such a sycophant this season, which I think is cool. He starts kind of checking him a little bit on a couple things and be you know like what's your deal on this or that. Like it's 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 a. Uh, he, Greg uh, grows the characters in a pretty interesting, unique way. I think. Yeah, that's kind of what I think is so great about the show. Is I, I would, I would push back and say it's got a little something for everyone, and also at the same time, there's a darkness to it. Of I just kind of watch it and kind of say to myself, "Are we sure this is what we want?" You know what I mean? Like it, it's a world that can have everything at your fingertips, but are we sure this is what we want? If I can just ask you specifically, what did you hear like that turned audience off? Was it was it the uh, the darkness of some of the uh, more dramatic elements of like the violence and stuff like that, of like people's heads getting burned off, or was it that dystopic nature? Was it the language? What was it specifically that I, had people well, kind of cool worried? To me, was it seemed like it was something different every time. I think, yeah, you know, some people didn't like the red herring, you know, and the you know the the mystery of it. They wanted more of like the love story, or just for it to be a straight comedy. And other people, they love that mystery element of it, and the romance isn't quite working for them. You know, they're always going to find something that, you know, they're, they're critics. And especially with Greg, he's going to be, he's, he's on a dais. Like, they're going to they're gonna have knives out for him. You know, look at, like, what they did for Space Force. Like, you know, they just yeah. after him. So we were, we knew that we would probably get some unfair knives in our back. But really, I don't know, we, like, pretty, we were, I think, critically, we were, fa- like, overwhelmingly favorably, um, lauded to a degree as much as you can be for a comedy i mean critics don't like fucking comedies anyway like it's it's mostly ridiculous if you look back on like you know the comedies it's so funny to me because if you read that 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 great book um wild and crazy guys uh oh yeah yeah it's a great such a great book it's such a fun book but like (laughs) it's like every single comedy that comes out like critics are just very serious people you know and they 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 tend to you know because it's not because it's not serious, that means it's not important. So, it, and if it's not mm. something like Jackass, where you're going into it like with the right headspace of like I know what I'm getting, you know, they're they're gonna find areas of it that just aren't. And comedy is so relative anyway. And critics are generally unfunny people, so I f- I feel like it's just net. It's usually just not gonna be well reviewed. Look at like Will Ferrell's stuff, and you know they the reviews are always i mean how many times you go on something and you're like 72 percent on rotten tomatoes like it was, it was so funny you know like i don't yeah. know but we we ended up getting i think i was really happy with the reviews of last season i also think too it's like you know they always like take a little jab and then later on they use you as a reference to 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 beat down on you (laughs) they're like this isn't like the first season that worked you're like you totally hated the first season compared to your article or you know like they use it to bash somebody else you know it's like i mean the funny thing to me um is like how often (laughs) how often in our reviews we were compared to the office just like space force was 
Um, and it was like, yeah, but you hated the first season of The Office. The first season of The Office was not well reviewed. Neither was yeah. Parks and Rec's first season. Yeah, and now they use it as a weapon yeah, to they, to build up their own new point of like, this is right. why the new season rocks because the first season clunky at times. Right. Yeah. Some fucking word they want. Short term memory loss. It's all. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, Dave, real quick before you ask him a question, and I want you to just weigh in real quick because you work and you see a lot of stuff. You interview a lot of people. Yeah. With with the comedy side of things, is it? If you could maybe pick two doors, one door is comedy's becoming an endangered species. We already know that about movies, but in terms of series itself, it's harder to either find them or maybe it's just, I don't know, like it just seems like there's less and less available as perhaps there was when we were probably growing up. Or do you mm -hmm. think a little bit door two of what Kevin's talking about? We're also geared in and we're also invested now in some of these shows that we just naturally become more critical, which isn't necessarily attuned, like tunes it like we're not attuned to guitar to comedy because we are so critical. We can't just like let go and sort of let things wash over. Like what is, what is your take on that Dave? Just some like, you know, working in the business because you see a lot of stuff. Sometimes you have to see stuff. Sometimes you're excited to see stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, without getting too ethereal, I think we're going to look back at this time and this was like the transitional period. I mean, right now, as humans, I don't think we're supposed to have this much content available, you know? Um, and, and there is so much genre bending, as I was, I was mentioning earlier, like, like the new wave of streaming and what that is. And now, that, now that's like a, 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 an adjective, you know? <laughs> like that's a way to describe something is, 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 is the tone of something. So I think ultimately, right now is the experimental phase. And that's why we're seeing like the genre bending. That's why we're seeing like people kind of skew away and get afraid of like the true comedies. I mean, like outside of Adam Sandler, who's making like just funny movies for the sake of being funny. Um, there was like uh, uh, Kristen Wiig, um, Barb and- uh, um, Barb and Star, uh, yeah. Barb and Star, which came out, which was like, oh my God, remember these? Remember these yeah. like Austin Powers type movies? <clears throat> I think they'll come back. I think they will. But right now, I think everyone's just trying to like, you're not going to get a television show unless you have something big to say. And just making people laugh doesn't really feel like enough anymore. And that could be where we're at in society. That could be, you know, and I think we won't know what kind of art is going to come out of the pandemic because the stuff being shot in the pandemic had no awareness of the pandemic probably when they were greenlit and developing this thing. So it's like this weird kind of transitional period, I think. But I do believe like in my heart of hearts, when we're going through the roughest of times and when World War III is on us, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're gonna turn back to like, let's give me a fart joke. Give me like, I wanna, I wanna go in there. I wanna know exactly, I wanna, hardcore comedy i want it to be broad i don't want it to have you know creeping in with other stuff and that's not to say that having a show that has all these elements won't exist as well i just think what's been cut out is like the true comedy and i really do think like it's just a matter of time before we're just like remember remember just like tom tommy boy you know just give me like I'm here to laugh. It's got a little heart to it, but I know what I'm getting into. Yeah, we're super serious right now. We just want, and we want to watch super serious stuff and everything's lit like Ozarks, where it's just a fine show. It's just like, everything's got that mm -hmm. Fincher filter, you know, of like blue and gray. And it's just, yep. I don't know. It's like subconsciously where we're at right now. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I mean, even like 
and, and it's in i don't know I, I i ended up selling a script last year that was a comedy and we, when it, we were meeting with the producers for it it was like and i wasn't going to act in it but like uh we needed comedic actors and like they were like well who do you think and it have to be in your 30s is nobody like as far as like somebody who can who can you know carry a a, 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 a like a five to ten million dollar movie like that like we if you go back to 2005 it's the list is endless but like yes. this last bit like who is is it adam divine like who do you have like you know you don't have anybody and all the people you're throwing out are like Sudeikis or Hater or like they're all in their 40s, you know, and they're yeah. all doing more serious stuff. Too. Exactly. They're, di they're dipping into the drama now. And even then, it's like they're at that point in their careers where they're like, I've I've done that. I'm trying to get away from that. And like, yeah, like you look at SNL now, like it's not producing the Andy Sandbergs, you know, and the Lonely Island guys and like that. It's it's they're they're coming out and they're immediately going into drama, dramedy interesting like art well, and films. if i can interject the last couple of years of snl and i'm not saying this is a bad thing but a lot of the writing style is about reverting back to teenage years like it's like older dudes playing younger well like right. i just think of mikey day's comedic sensibility which i enjoy a lot really kind of trends not towards what you're talking about kevin someone in his 30s trying to live his life in a comedic sense it is always kind of reversion back to you know who we were maybe as adolescents i don't know if we're hitting on that nostalgia nerve a little bit and i'm not saying that it's wrong i'm just saying that that's kind of the direction of it right now and yeah that's interesting the apatow the apatow class all graduated right oh, and yeah. there just kind of hasn't really been anyone that has filled in since then um just to round out uh just to round out the upload section of our conversation here you know let's just do the thing man uh without giving away too many spoilers what can audiences expect and give us a little bit of a teaser for upload season two that's coming out march 11. Yeah, Nathan's back from two gig. That happens. Uh, and then um, Ingrid has uh, seemingly uploaded herself to, uh, uh, to, to get there, to be with him. And then um, uh, I'm pumped on it, so I'm there for him. But we're going to find out where, where Nora has headed to. She's with the Ludd camp now, like this kind of mm -hmm. very Christian anti-tech um, you know, survivalist group that's out in the woods. And uh, so there's like a little bit of a split narrative there as there always has been, but like, and what I really like is Alicia uh, starts to work her way up at the company and starts to get promoted, which brings about a moral quandary from the tech side of things in the company horizon, they start kind of getting into this business of uh, pre-crime of almost like this, you know, minority report thing of, kind of uh, reading our minds and uploads thoughts to kind of suss out if there's anybody who's potentially interested in rebelling, taking down the company. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's an interesting storyline, I think, with my character where um, he feels like his mind is being invaded in particular. Um, so there's all this kind of these Facebook privacy issues and, and uh, selling of information. One of my favorite storylines, though, throughout is um, to kind of increase the human experience in the afterlife we bring about uh, prototypes is the name of it. So it's like, you can have a digital baby. So you can mesh your consciousness with a partner's consciousness and then carry the baby. And then the, uh, there's trial periods and stuff where you can have it. And it's just an abomination of a, of a creature. <laughs> and it's kind of uh, like this mini AI guy. So you have to take care of like a miniature AI guy first to prove that you can have the baby. It's, it's such a weird, like, I think Greg, Greg said this, I think, where it's like, 
it's it's you know like the the idea that like um uh magic is just technology that we don't understand so like with uh he didn't say that but <laughs> but the but uh that this show if that's true then this show is kind of like hogwarts but if it was run by perverts just kind of <laughs> this really like this beautiful technology and they just just do the grossest shit with it it's just you know most perverted stuff uh, uh Dave, dave's dave's a new daddy how does prototype sound to you dave yeah i mean that sounds great dude do you get to like turn it off at any point like, yeah you can feel like hit like a nap button or whatever. great sign <laughs> me up sign me up parents are pressuring me about number two i'm just gonna do that you know <laughs> so the second one is just gonna be this and I'll, I can I can email it to them, and they can just play with it when they want to. Then <laughs> babysitting super easy. Yeah. Oh God, this <laughs> sounds mode, great. Just do not disturb. Do uh, they? Can you trade a real one for one of these? Like, do they? <laughs> is there a trade? I think in a few years, Amazon will at least have worked that out. Yeah. Mm. A good return policy, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> it moves along. In, in case, um, in case, in case my daughter ever listens to this in the future, Daddy didn't mean that. Dad's <laughs> not going to trade you. <laughs> Your daughter and her teenagers listening to all your podcasts, Dave, is oh, I'm for you. I'm rooting them. for you. Rooting for Joey, you. Joey, she's plowing through them. <laughs> that also sounds like a show on Netflix of like, I'm listening to all my father's old podcasts. And that, like, that's, I'm actually, the... <laughs> that's actually her punishment. You know what I mean? Like, there's no time out. There's no time out. They're just like, Daddy used to do comedy podcast. If you don't eat your veggies, <laughs> you're gonna to listen to my movie season two episode yeah. nine right now. You ever heard of Zoom Improv? You ever heard of Zoom Improv? Don't make me. <laughs> Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our presenting sponsors, NordVPN. Now, look, what's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system, with NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth. You never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So what are you waiting for? Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal right now. If you go to nordvpn.com slash believe, use the promo code believe, B-L-E-A-V, you get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN, now back to the pod. It was a weird crowd that night. Uh, speaking of improv, let's transition over. I want to talk about some Chicago stuff. And you guys, I want you both to weigh in here. Uh, two blue demons on the pod here. Um, <laughs> Kevin, I just want to toss it out to you, man. You know, when you look back at that time, you know, you're a California kid, but you came over to DePaul. You know, as I brought up DePaul right now, like, what was the first thing that kind of pops into your mind? I mean, I looked up a couple of things like, I mean, is it working at Steppenwolf? Is it doing Killer Joe? Is it late night Chicago food? You know, when you think about Chicago in that time in your life, you know, what comes up first? I think it was just the first, I mean, I grew up in the country, you know, like just like small, small town, you know, trailer and all that. And then I moved to, ended up moving to San Francisco and I hated it. Like, cause it was just like San Francisco mid two thousands and wasn't like, it was before big tech. And there was just like a weird gritty transition. It's kind of like LA is now like with like the homeless population. And it was just kind of a, it was just a, a it was a shock to me is just a country kid 
And I was like, man, I just don't think cities are really for me. And then, um, and there was just like every, everybody I went to school with felt like they had, they all had money and it was like a very elitist. And um, <clears throat> when I went to Chicago, I just didn't know that there was like a blue collar city out there. And it was, it felt just like, oh, wow. Like normal people live in the city, not just like, you know, um, elitist people or people with just a ton of money. There are people who are just getting by in the city. So I, that's what I loved the, the most about it. I thought was just, I felt like I actually belonged and I could have made a, could make a life there, you know? Um, but yeah, the comedy scene was really, was really cool. It was something that I wasn't really involved in. I was just kind of on the outside uh, watching it uh, happen and, um, and loving that. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I don't know. There was just a lot of stuff. I mean, public transportation was great. The bars were fantastic. You know um, I think if I still had, if I could have a portal in my house to, to a bar of choice it would be alehouse for sure that was like my favorite. oh hell yeah yeah and that Dave. itself is a portal it's kind of like a little wormhole <laughs> i feel like every time i'd go there at like 8 30 or 9 o'clock like after like some amount of time we'd be like it's five like you know like you completely lose <laughs> yeah. track of, of time did yeah. you ever do any of the uh 4 a.m bars uh what's the one there was the country western one in Andersonville that I would go to here and there. Oh, Carols. Carols. Always. Yeah, insane. karaoke. Loved Carols. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Like, that was just a I mean No memories always, of it, no. but I was told I loved Carols. <laughs> it's always a bad idea. <laughs> Carols was never never good. Uh but yeah, Alehouse, I I don't even think I don't even think Alehouse had a time. Like, you know, they're like, we're closed. You know, yeah. like that was, I got married in Old Town in 2014. And uh, that was our after after party, which was one of the coolest oh, things yeah. in the world was walking. My wife's just wedding dress is dragging in the Old Town street as we're going to Alehouse and like walking into your favorite bar and everybody's already there. And they're like, hey, I was like handed a a, a pint of like, you know, of schlitz and like as i grabbed it i blacked out like that was my yeah. last memory just tom tommy boy right in the table uh dave <laughs> dave when you i mean you know i hung out with you a lot during that time but for the audience you know when you go back to that time the depaul days first moving there from florida you know what kind of hit you what do you remember first i mean a lot of the same vibes that that kevin was talking about was you know i had visited new york um i had been to la uh, I gotten into a college in, in Minnesota and I, I was just visiting them all. And then I remember I got to Chicago and it was just like, this is everything you could want in a city. Like it had like parks and it was like pristine and a little cleaner than New York. And I remember, you know, when, when we went to New York and like you'd ask for directions, it was like, you know, kindly go fuck yourself um <laughs> i remember in chicago like me and my mom being downtown and and us being like hey we're we need to find our hotel and asking this person and he was like i'll walk you there F follow me and we were like what the hell like this stranger and he like walked us to our hotel and i just remember like early on just getting like that blue collar feel and then once we got to depaul you know, I, I went to a, a, a performing arts high school, so there's a lot of actors. I know the type um, and and a lot of the schools I really wanted to get into, I didn't get into, but the, but some of the kids in my classes did. And I saw like those kinds of actors that were going to those schools. And we got, when I got to DePaul, it was just like dudes. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it was like guys over 250 in our class. Like there was just like, 
there were some like guys, guys, and no one had like the, you know, I'm an actor. Like there was a couple of those, but like even the school kind of reflected the vibe of like, we're just here to work. Like you're here to work, you're here to do good work. And Chicago just kept that vibe throughout. It was like, do a show, do a storefront, put up a show in someone's backyard. People will go see it. I mean, you know this, Joe, from, from doing Cool Table for so long. Like we would just put up shows places and people would come and see it. And it just never had the vibe of like, people are here to become famous. People are here to, it just, it, it, it kept that. And, and it's such a special city in that it, it, it's still that way. And it's like, once you leave it, you're just like, oh man, like it, there's, there's nothing like it truly. Like just that man, that blue collar mentality um, carries on into the arts, which is like a very weird, interesting thing that I, I've yet to experience in another town. Well, and just to kind of piggyback off both your points and Kevin specifically, like as someone who's born and raised there, uh, people often talk about like Chicagoans, but the thing that kind of makes difference is Chicago is made from people like you guys. And, and honestly, like, if you think about it, it's a major metropolitan city surrounded by Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, mm -hmm. Indiana, Ohio. And for a lot of these people, these are small town, blue collar people that come to this big city. And then eventually they become like Chicagoans themselves. You know what I mean? So it isn't always like, I, you know, there are tons of born and raised people like me, but I always did really appreciate that people from smaller towns came to Chicago and were so happy to be in this big city that they're really like willing to like absorb and commit to the community that I think you guys are talking about. Cause yeah, man, it was, it was about, let's go see a play. Let's go see some stand up. Let's go see some improv. Let's go see a concert. Let's go see my buddy's band. Let's go to the, see this installation. Let's go see this art installation. Let's go see the show. It didn't matter. Right. Cause yeah, I don't know. Dave, you made a good point. It was all a level playing field, which I think is a great way to learn, you know, when, mm -hmm. when, you're, when, you're, when you're super young. A um, couple more for Kevin Bigley here uh, on Bet on Chicago. Uh, Kevin, in the spirit of your show, Upload, I wanted to do something a little bit different for a guest. I'm going to give you a series of topics, and just like an app, you can download which topic you would like to talk about. So Love here it. we go. Uh, here are my topics that I have available for you. We can talk about right now. We can talk about sports. It is a sports podcast. Uh, music, the Oscars, Chicago food, great man moments in man history, or the wilderness. Oh my God! Um, I can't get. I threw a softball in there for you. At the yeah. very end there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the very end because I just got bit by that tick. Uh, I think uh, which no one was here listening for. Uh, I got bit by a tick. Uh, on a trip, but let's not, let's not get into that. I think, um, uh, I'm dead from Lyme disease, uh, which I don't think you can die from. I think you're just riddled with it and you have heavy medications for the rest of your life, but let's get off that. Let's go, <laughs> let's go to sports. I think we can go to sports. Uh, growing up, you know, out in California, do you, California teams, what's your sport of choice? And, uh, you know, where, where, where do you stand in the whole sports arena? I think I can answer that for Kevin because I associate Kevin in college with a Dodgers cap. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I ever saw him without, without it. it. Like, no. like there was like it was like a cartoon character. They have one wardrobe, and you're like, that's who this guy is. Like, I don't think they allowed other people to wear hats through classes. Like, we're doing yoga and, and scenes, and like 
He was wearing a Dodgers cap. Am okay, I mistaken? David, God damn it. Like this, <laughs> this is going to become more less about sports and more, more about sociology in a second. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so I literally, so when I, I was a Dodger fan because I, I grew up in Northern California for whatever reason, my dad just didn't like the Bay area or something. So he just hated the 49ers and he hated the Giants. Yeah. The big leagues don't like the Bay. I'm learning this. They don't like the Bay. And no. uh, so uh, he, he loved the Dodgers, and so I became a Dodger fan. So when um, I went to school, like I think this started in high school, where I went to a party, and um, I was like, I'm just gonna be, I'm like very self conscious, and I and and there's I have friends who are really good with girls, seemingly. I'm just going to make fun of them, and I have my Dodger hat on. I'm just gonna be the funny guy in the hat. And I'm hoping that there's going to be one girl who's like, hey, that guy in the hat's all right. You know, like, like that, that was like my whole hidden plan. And, and this is a deep cut only for probably Dave and I. Um, uh, but uh, you remember Don Ilko, may he rest in peace. Yes. So uh, I got a, he was just a teacher at, at, uh, at DePaul at a theater school and um, a, a very, uh, a very sardonic one at that and all of a sudden you get notes and things here after performances and some of them are rather extensive and uh for mine he goes um he goes hey uh i only have one uh just avoid being the guy in the hat and i was like son of a bitch like that was just like wow he just like, cut right through right it right to just shattered the wow i mean i was just trying to be just trying to hide, you know. With he that, saw with that. you in that moment. Yeah, yeah. and wow. I just became like I was like Pennywise at the very end of the it. I was just like a bubble, like just this little creature. <laughs> yeah. Wow, like <laughs> uh, yeah, he just totally destroyed me. But yeah, yeah, I, I was, I'm a, I'm a huge Dodger fan. Um, and I live, which is, I lived next to Wrigley when when we lived there. I mean, I love, always loved, uh, always loved baseball. Um, that was a crowning moment. I got to do the seventh inning stretch um, for uh, for the Cubs Dodgers in uh, in, I, in 2014 when we were shooting second season of Sirens, and the Dodgers were in the middle of a playoff run, and the Cubs sucked at the time. They had all those new guys up, you know, like they, I mean, they were two years away from winning, but they were still, you know, mediocre and. Uh, the Dodgers were like ahead by four runs and I was, but I wanted that like Belushi let's get some runs, you know, like to do the thing. Yeah. And I, I got to do it. I did that. And then the Cubs came back and beat them. So it was, a, it was a, it was bittersweet, but yeah. Yeah. Baseball. Well, thank thank where, you for that. Where does that rank for you career wise? And I, then also <laughs> how nervous were you? I was super nervous because they tell you to, um, like slow down, you know, like they just like, before you do it, you get a practice, mm -hmm. they put you in like the, the employee cafeteria and you're just sitting there, you know, and like it was, it was, it was me and it was Mike Mosley, Kevin Daniels from the show. Um, so we were just sitting there and, and I remember we got to go on the field first when they were doing batting practice, just to check it out. And um, you know, like we've, we've, you know, Dave and the, you know, you and I have done theater and you guys have done improv and everything where you're in front of an audience and you know, you, you're like, I can handle this. I was like just down there and like looking up anybody who's done a stadium tour and you're like, Nope, Nope. Can't do it. Can't do that's a, this. That's a, that's a different level yeah. too. And it's, and it's, yeah. And it's iconic. 
like yeah. all eyes are on you and it's sports fans yeah. like they're they're a second away from booing yeah you know? <laughs> and that picture's close like when you realize that you're like oh he's right there and when we were when we did the you know they're like now singing the national anthem and then all the or not the national anthem but the you know take me out of the ball game all of a sudden everyone just collectively turns you know does like that and in stomach just you know just drops or gets in your throat or whatever you do. Kevin, I know it's the last minute, but can you do the national anthem instead? And you're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, sure, I mean, sure, uh, sure. Let's take another break to talk about another one of our sponsors, Athletic Greens. Now, tons of people, they take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. And with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it and to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash believe use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v again athleticgreens.com slash believe check it out today athletic greens take ownership of your own health these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration these products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease athletic greens now back to the pod uh wait wait quick quick tangent i'm super sorry but uh i gotta do this kind of as a fan you know and i looked it up last night online and there's actual buzz about this in your opinion you know what the fuck happened with sirens such a funny show and you look online and it's just like the show that people wish came back you know there's a lot of those shows now that they wish that they could revive and do like you know a new story with those that cast of characters if you can go back at that time you know what happened? What happened with that show? Because it was super funny. It should have never been canceled. And would that ever happen? Could that ever come back? Yeah. And what's your beef with Tacoma uh, doing the exact same show? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I got a problem. Let me tell you. I. I, uh, I. I. I mean, it's pretty. It's. It's pretty clear. Like I think. Like, you know, um, they bought that show USA because of Dennis Leary. So like he was. Yeah what they wanted and we had bob fisher who wrote uh wedding crashers and you know traffic flight was a really he's a great writer and a personal friend he was our officiant for a wedding a very oh, shit. buddy of mine awesome. and um there is talk like he's you know like i think uh the the you know the studio on that was fox so they um they have talked recently about maybe doing like you know a movie like a tv movie uh, just or, a day you know one yeah, crazy like, day you know what i mean like yeah episodes or something some I, I, it probably won't happen and there's no serious talks about it but the thing that happened and let's get into the business but uh it's it, quite frankly the easiest way to describe it was um usa was owned by nbc universal we were fox show because of the studio so they're <laughs> splitting money so that we have to be really successful for them to both make enough money. Um, studio always wants the show to keep going no matter what, because they're making money network. It really needs to be really needs to be a success. They were banking on us be, uh, being, they were just getting into comedy and we were their first show that were go, that was going into comedy. And they thought 
because I don't remember the network that bought, um, you know, like you see like uh, in syndication, you see the office or something, right? So a, a network buys those rights. So, and, and, and I'm sure you guys know this, so I'm just like babbling. But uh, for anybody who doesn't. No, the audience, yeah, let the audience know too. Yeah, for sure. Comedy Central buys the office so that they can air it. So then they will use the office and those viewer, that viewership to help like boost other shows that are kind of like the office, like workaholics or something. That's like, if you like the office, then you'll love it. You know, it's an identity thing. So they made a big purchase for the only syndication rights, because you can see the office in a lot of places, right? was modern family it had just been syndicated and they shelled out a ton of money for modern family and they're like we're the home second home <laughs> of modern family of like we're the home of syndicated modern family so we're going to get into comedy and it was like usa is getting into comedy and uh we were going to be their like flagship the ratings were not good for syndicated modern family that they at least what they wanted and then we came out and we did fine. You know, we did critically okay. And then ratings were okay, but not good enough for them for like, you know, especially with considering the studio split. So um, for me, it was something that was a, you know, my first show, I got two seasons out of the deal. That was really cool. I got to learn a lot about, uh, you know, I also I got to learn from Mike Mosley, who was a really good number one on the call sheet and taught me a lot he didn't really take business stuff too seriously or you know hmm. um uh so yeah it was it was definitely and i got to go back to chicago so it was a good time and i yeah. loved working on that show and dennis and bob and everything but yeah i think it's just one of those network casualties where they just and i guess they they felt guilty about it they, but they got out of comedy like that it was like us mm -hmm. and then there was this lawyer comedy that they had that they had gone into um, wasn't that the one with uh, Zach Frank Morris Franklin and, uh, and Bash? No, that was TNT. That was TNT. A little, I think it was okay. TBS. Okay, yeah, TBS. Um, yeah, yeah. But what's better than a lawyer comedy? You know, um, yeah, Benched. That was the name of it. Benched. <laughs> <laughs> Sirens and Benched, uh, followed <laughs> by Modern Family reruns. Yeah, it was like, and then I think they did uh a reality show that was called Crisley knows best it's just like hunk of shit that they put out there because i think he ends up he ended up getting they loved that because that did very well which was the opposite of us so they canceled both the comedies and they kept that going and that guy just got like arrested for like tax evasion or something so i just see people at usa network going like yeah what is our next move <laughs> Walker, Texas Ranger? Yeah, let's bring it back. Let's, let's fire it up. <laughs> let's fire it up for a little while. We'll figure it out. They are doing Walker, Texas Ranger, a reboot. Like, oh, I, I've, I've heard of it. I can't, I can't do it, Kevin. I can't do it. Sacred. It's happening on sacred. CW of all places. And, and I think it's uh, Walker Independence. So get ready. It's coming back. Shame. <laughs> or shame leave, as long leave as chuck, the walker Stranger lever comes back like <laughs> with the new show on hbo brings back the lever um, or yeah they do every episode as long as every episode is take any person in walk of life and just make them crooked and corrupt like there's always <laughs> crooked corrupt construction worker crooked corrupt ice cream cone maker like it, I mean, it just didn't matter they were just correct corrupt and just put it in there um before we get out of here uh kevin i just i did also want to ask you about one more thing um 
just checking out your socials. Uh, you are a big proponent and supporter of the Wounded Warriors Project. I just wanted, you know, let the yeah. I just wanted the audience to know about your involvement in it and how they can get involved today too, as well. I'm actually in uh, post production right now with like a out in the field feature piece that I did, and not to give away too much, I got a chance to work with some of the Wounded Warriors through that project and sit down and interview with them. Great people, great foundation, um, doing great work, and I'm just kind of interested if you could tell our audience a little bit of how you're involved. Yeah, I raised the money for them back uh, when I was doing Sirens, and I think probably doing like a lot of vets become EMTs, so I was kind of plugged in to a lot of them coming up to me and talking to me, and then they talked to me about their service. Um, specifically with Wounded Warrior, that uh, like I had a friend who did two tours in uh, in Afghanistan. He was artillery, and uh, he came home. I grew up with him, and. He came home and he was just like after the first one he was like he was okay he was drinking a lot but it was just kind of like you know had a tough time and then he went again and that really made a very detrimental impact on his psyche and he had really bad ptsd so that and my dad was a prison guard for a while at pelican bay and, and he had ptsd and you know like you just kind of see people suffering from that or just or not suffering so it's always a negative connotation but like we're living with it. so for me it was uh you know i wanted to maybe make more out of this press opportunity that i have with upload happening and uh i started talking to the charity i just reached out and i was like i'd love you guys i'd follow them on instagram for a long time and raise money like i said before and i was like i'd love to do something in tandem with you you know if we can so um they were really on board with it and uh, i've been interviewing vets on instagram once a week um kind of getting into the uh who the charity has benefited because it's like i always thought it was just kind of like you know um uh like physical and maybe mental but like uh, and that's what most vets think is the wounded warrior helps vets who have like lost you know lost a limb or something or you know the, some kind of ied you know recovery but really it's it's like it's it's mental physical financial like there's work placement a lot of these people that i've talked to they were 17 when they joined like right after 9 11 and if you go into the military and you come out from 17 on you know these people have never Put a job, you put a job resume together they they, they don't know mm -hmm. like what how to how to do that what to put on there um after that it's like what what actually can i do what's like so it's career counseling um you know the 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 psyche of a, of a soldier and what's built into to a soldier and a warrior for battle is is the idea of, of toughness and you got to grin you know grin and bear it you know rub some dirt on it and all that stuff is great on the battlefield of course but when you come home it becomes this the psychological issue and not a, not a great way to deal with your own personal problems because the one trend i've seen with a lot of vets is they end up you know just getting a cabin in the woods and not talking to anybody and because they gotta they gotta yeah. be alone with it they gotta they gotta work it out it's like a rubik's cube of a ptsd i gotta figure this out and it's not even like they're having night terrors or whatever they're just they're having maybe a panic attack or something or they're just isolating and it's just not that's not the best way to deal with these problems, you know, and there's so the one big successful thing of the, of the charity that I think is really great is their outreach. They have just go to a ball game, you know, like they, they, they'll get, they'll get a suite, you know? Well, yeah, that, that's what, so I, uh, I went to a professional umpires training camp and I shot a piece out in Palm Springs 
And I actually got to umpire first base in a California Winter League game, but that's not what we're talking about. But they had um, they had the Wounded Warriors project there for those that wanted to have a passion for the game of baseball and wanted to umpire. And I sat down and talked with them, and a big part of it is exactly what you're talking about, is they found not only a brotherhood re- reconnecting with Wounded Warriors, but a new version of a brotherhood just in a new skill and a new avenue. And it's just about presenting those opportunities for them to find a passion and, and, and just go for it and just try and, you know, dive, dive right in and realize that you don't have to do everything alone. And there is a lot of different options and different ways of expression out there in this world. And, and you're right, man, they sometimes just don't have the skills to, you know, what does my Monday through Friday look like? You know what I mean? We have to, we have to help these people every step of the way. Um, cause they're completely capable. Um, I, I think it's just about like kind of just presenting the option for them and, and, and giving them an them outlet it. too. And, and especially just letting them know that you do, you know, you can get tunnel vision and it's just pinhole vision in those times of, you know, where you're trying to, it's like being in chronic pain or something where you're just like, I'm, I got to focus, you know, like I, there's the walls are kind of closing in and it's just kind of taking those down and realizing that there's a ton of people here, the warrior care network, they reach out, they call you just once a week, talk, Hey, what's going on? 20 minutes. There's beers at a, uh, you know, the go to a bar, get some beers with some buddies, you know, like, and all of a sudden bike rides, five K's, all that mm-hmm. stuff. So there's, there's just like this whole network. There's also stuff for caregivers. Cause I've talked to some who, you know, are caregivers, people who are taking care of the warrior who comes home, you know, with the injury, traumatic brain injury, PTSD. How do you deal with that? All of a sudden your life is being controlled by this person that is your brother, your sister, your wife, your husband where you weren't ready for this. You didn't go to school for this, you know, and you have a job at the same time. So they have to do this, that, and the other thing. And when the warrior can, can help and go, here's the deal, you know, cause you're going to burn yourself out. We're going to help with this program. We're going to uh, have a nurse come for, for this. We're going to give you a counselor. We're going to give him a, or her a, a counselor, you know, like they do all of that different kind of stuff to, to help, to help you navigate the VA. Like all these things that are, that you're not really anticipating is going to be that much of a, a, a challenge or you're not, you know, that you haven't been prepped for. Um, so I'm, I'm raising money. Um, there's a, a, a link in my bio for that on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to be doing, uh, Greg uh, Daniels is going to be helping me out. I think we're going to be doing um, an auction on eBay for like some King of the Hill stuff and some office stuff. That's oh, cool. Sweet. I'm going to get some upload posters signed. That's going to be cool. I'm going to start, I think in the next couple of days, I'm going to be announcing some, um, some zoom sessions that like for 15 minutes with me, Robbie's agreed to it too, that like 15 minutes, you just donate. And then, you know, we can jump on zoom, if, you know, like that, I think that would be cool. And then I'm running, a, I'm running a tough mutter in April in here in San Bernardino. So I'm going to be, I'm raising money for that. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to do as much as, as much as I can with this little window of attention. Yeah. Good on you, man. I mean, it's a fantastic foundation. It goes without saying it's really easy. You guys just Google wounded warriors project. And there are so many easy ways to help support, um, what they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, it just doesn't take a lot. I mean, a little, a little bit can really help these people, um, you know, just, just get back to it and, and, and try and, yeah, try and find some peace, right? And, and just try and get back and, and get back into the groove of living their lives after sacrificing themselves. Yeah, the thing that I think country. is so interesting about it, too, is that there's this mentality but that I've, when I've talked to everybody, every single person, whether or not it's like it's as bad as missing a limb or something, where they just go, I mean, I'm good. Like, I'm good. 
help that person, help that soldier, help mm. that soldier, you know, which is a soldier mentality in and of itself of like, I'm okay, you know, but, but, you know, this one guy, he rescued his buddy, like repelling from a helicopter who had gotten shot. And he took five saving his life, underwent 40 surgeries, you know, and they asked him, they were like, you know, wounded warriors just pestering him, just being like, come out to a meeting. We're going to, you know, we'll take you to a New York giants game. You know, it's sweet. Right. Meet some people. And he's just like, no, 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 I have a few friends. I think they need help, you know, get them out there. And they're like, sure. But you too, you know, like it's, it's, it's about admitting it's not, it's so hard, I think. And women for sure. But I think uh, at least because I'm a man and and I know plenty of men with this mentality of like, you know, that they're, it's difficult to ask for help because it's vulnerability and it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not what you think it is. You know, it's just, it's, it's just admitting that you can't do anything really by yourself. That's, that's something that, 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 that is, that is that big mental health to any degree, including myself. It's just, it's best to just kind of, you know, when you're going through a tough time, reach out to somebody. Yeah, I completely agree. And i um, super happy that you're, you're around for that. And anyone listening right now, definitely check out uh, follow Kevin on his socials and watch out for all that good stuff and figure out ways that you can donate. Uh, season two of Upload streaming on Amazon, March 11th. Kevin Bigley. Man, great to meet you. Thanks for connecting, man. Um, great to meet you, dude. And uh, if you can, just before you go real quick, uh, just toss out your socials, all that good stuff for people. Make it easy for them to find all your content, especially with all that Wounded Warrior stuff that you're going to have coming up in the next couple of weeks. People are going to want to check that out. Yeah. Uh, um, Instagram, I'm Kevin W. Bigley because there was already one. And uh, the W's Warren, just a heads up. And, uh, and the, uh, my Twitter is just Kevin Bigley. So I got, I got there first, but uh, Instagram, not as much luck. And yeah, I have, a, I have, a, uh, I have a, a site that you can donate to that is on, on uh, my Instagram. And there's going to be a bunch of updates. I'm posting stuff like every other day. Awesome, man. Dave, good to see you, dude. Yeah, good uh, to see you, Joe. Likewise, throw out your, throw out, throw your socials, man. Throw your socials you, while you're at it. Uh, mine is um, at Kevin Bigley on Instagram. I didn't I didn't know how to say it, pal. I didn't know you jumped how to on say it, it, man. You jumped on it. I mean, I saw that that I bought stock in them and then I immediately saved your name, a bunch of others. Uh, I was going to say he's got the the, the next 10 like Kevy Bigley Wiggly or Biggie Biggie Wiggly Smalls yeah. and all that other stuff they're yeah, all taken. Not all of them. Account. I have no options here. <laughs> uh <laughs> I have to be at It's Dave Rispoli on everything because there's a Dave Rispoli, speaking of church, preacher who um, he's got quite a social media following. So Dave Rispoli, I've, I've asked him for it because he doesn't use it anymore. He won't give it to me. So I'm at It's Dave Rispoli on all socials. I remember my manager gave me a call one time and was, and was like, uh, hey, uh, I think you should buy uh, – kevinbigley.com and i was like why and she was like we don't have to make a page but just so somebody else doesn't buy it and you know for some weird purpose or something and i was like i actually think that would be pretty great (laughs) i think i think it would actually be pretty awesome if someone bought my name for a website first off no it's not going to happen but if it's but secondly if it's like if it was some weirdo that's also a, a strange bonus but like thirdly if it was like just like we do plaster, you know, like I mean, it would be pretty, <laughs> would be pretty good, you know, like hog carry. Kevin like that would be pretty amazing. 
did the work for you too you know yeah, they're, right. they're, yeah. they're paying the domain you yeah. know you get yeah, just yeah. like yeah you got it yeah uh gentlemen thank you so much for coming on the pod uh kevin man uh great to connect with you man i appreciate again rooting for all your success and uh, maybe we can have you come back again somewhere down the road yeah man thanks appreciate it anytime thanks for having me Today's episode of Bet on Chicago with Joey Christopoulos presented by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit when you use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. Also presented by NordVPN and Athletic Greens. Believe is partnering with Athletic Greens right now with some great deals. Make sure you check that out. Thank you so much for checking out this pod. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other, and we will talk again soon. Remember, when in doubt, always bet on Chicago. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.